Yo, what's up, everyone? It's Josh Tongo here, and I'm excited about today's guest, and his name is Preston Dennett. Now, Preston Dennett has been involved in researching UFOs and the paranormal since 1986, and he first became interested in out-of-body experiences following the death of his mother. He eventually learned how to go out of body, exploring the physical world, traveling to the other side, meeting deceased loved ones, talking with spirit guides, visiting the Akashic Records, and much, much more. And OBE soon transformed his life, and like most out-of-body experiencers, he realized how important it is to educate the public about this subject. And so Preston details his experiences in his book, Out-of-Body Exploring, and he has appeared on numerous radio and television programs, and he has taught classes on various paranormal subjects and lectures across the United States. So Preston, it's nice to have you on the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Cool, cool. So, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're from LA, right? Right. Well, originally I'm from Chicago, Illinois, and my family moved out here to, to Los Angeles. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm from LA too, man. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know, what was your life like before that unexpected day in 1984? So if you could just give us a little bit of your background. Sure. Yeah, I'm the fifth of uh, six kids. We're a pretty close family. Uh, skeptical, I thought, of paranormal stuff. Turned out some of my family were having paranormal experiences. Uh, I've only had, had one or two. I was pretty skeptical of, you know, life after death, ghosts, UFOs, all this stuff. Not pretty skeptical. I was. Mm. <laughs> Did not believe in any of it. Uh, was pretty scientifically minded and uh, thought I knew what was going on in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, found out I didn't when I started having, you know, some paranormal experiences. Uh, for me, it began really with when my mom died. Yeah. Which was, you know, 1984. I was 19 years old. It was totally devastating. Uh, not believing in life after death, I just could not believe that this had happened. And started having dreams about her where she, you know, come into my room and say, everything's fine. Wow. And I'd have a series of false awakenings. Finally, I'd wake up and I'd be like, wow. You know, that, <laughs> you know I felt on some level that she had really visited me. But, but I couldn't reconcile it with my beliefs. So I started picking up books on dreams. And that kind of led to lucid dreaming. And I finally picked up Robert Monroe's book, uh, who is probably the most famous guy, certainly in the United States, in terms of out-of-body exploring and astral travel. And uh, yeah, he gave exercises on how to do it. And I thought, well, this guy's obviously nuts, but I'm going to give it a try. <laughs> And then that's so how that's, it all began, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I mean, I started, started doing his exercises and could not believe it. They worked. They absolutely worked. Almost, almost immediately. You know, I would just meditate like he described every night for just a few minutes, really. But I'm going to say, pff, gosh, it took me maybe two or three weeks before I started having some real results. And by that, I, would, I mean, my dreams became a lot more vivid. I started to have like pre-lucid dreams and lucid dreams. And finally, I mean, I just had my first out-of-body experience. Couldn't believe it. All right. So before we continue, let's let's start with definitions first, right? So how, how would you define an out-of-body experience? Simply, I would just say it's the experience, the sensation of perceiving yourself as separate from your body. So you're just perceiving yourself outside? Right. And under this model, we all have a, 
a dream body or an astral body and uh, becomes pretty apparent when you do it the first time that, yeah, we have a separate body of some kind that has abilities way beyond our physical body. Yeah. Okay. So you were mentioning earlier about how you were pretty much a skeptical person as you were going up, even up to the point of your mother's passing. So why were you not a believer in the afterlife? Uh, you know, I, I was not brought up religiously. My parents kind of rebelled against the church. And I think it's that's probably part of the reason. I became very science-oriented. I loved science and uh, was pretty materialistic in that regard. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. Science did not talk about this. I remember in college, they're talking about, you know, out-of-body experiences and ghosts and philosophy class. Yeah. And I'm like, well, well, no, I mean, you can break down the entire universe into math is what I'm yeah, thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so, you know, up to that point, right, you were a pretty skeptical person into what's called materialism. This thing happens with your mother. But can you talk about that, that strange experience you had at your mother's funeral? Because I found that interesting when I read that in your book. Of what you saw? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This was at her, at her service, and uh, the whole family was gathering, of course, and friends to, uh, you know, give a send off, so to speak. Sure. And my dad drives up, and I get a real shock because my mom is sitting next to him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, well, wait a second. <laughs> and so I'm looking at her, and she's got that, you know, she's got a very uh, great posture. She's always had great posture. She sits a certain way with her hands folded on her lap, you know, her back nice and stiff and her chin up. And it, it was her. And I'm like, well, well, <laughs> I mean, I could not believe my eyes. And she got closer and closer. And literally, my dad drove up right next to me. And I'm looking not at him, at her. And she's in full color. Absolutely. I mean, she was there and then kind of just slowly pixelated away. Wow. It wasn't her. No, right, I'm right. like Yeah, so I mean at that moment though, with your your worldview so to speak, like what what was your interpretation of that experience? I'm hallucinating. You're halluc I'm very sad, you know. Oh, okay. So you were pretty confident that it wasn't quote unquote real. Right. I was. I didn't I just couldn't no, I could not go there. I certainly saw her and later on, you know, when I started reading other people's accounts and having more of my own stuff, I thought, well, you know what? That was her. Sure, sure. And then there were other instances as well that you mentioned in the book where she also appeared in your bedroom, right? I mean, do you mind describing what happened? Uh, no, not at all. This was something that, you know, started to happen pretty regularly, actually. And uh, it was these kind of, I thought they were dreams at first, but when it kept happening, uh, I started to really question myself. You know, I'm like, what is going on? Because... What I've found is there's a certain quality of a person's presence when you're you know, out doing the astral stuff and you, and you come upon a, an actual person, you can tell. I mean, and when it's your own mother, I mean, yes, you can tell. Yeah. As opposed to what I would call a projection or sort of a, something you create as in a lucid dream. Yeah. Was she communicating with you or was she just like standing there and not saying a word? Like, can you share any experience that you had there were times where i felt we had conversations but i could never remember them okay and, and this was a pattern that you know really exerted itself early on and stayed there for the most part it's always been that way i i would have conversations but they were very hard to remember and uh mostly it was all about you know i'm fine i'm okay i'm not dead 
I'm not dead. I'm not. And I'm like, well, how, how can that possibly be when I know you are? And I started, I started to feel like I was living in two different worlds almost. I mean, there would be times I would go out of body. And this is, you know, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I f- would forget about the physical world almost and be like, oh, you know, I must have been wrong. <laughs> I mean, this is obviously the way it is. Because yeah. my family was up there too. And that also made it a really disorienting and trying to figure out, you know, which is the real world here. So, I mean, if you were having all these experiences, like you said, even with your mother, you said it happened, I guess, several times, right? Where she would appear to you. You saw her pretty clearly at the funeral, you know, pulling up with your dad in the car. And then in the book, you say that it was, you still kind of kept it a dark secret, though. Like, why why did you keep it a secret? Well, I, I knew my dad was very skeptical, profoundly so, as was my older brother. Uh, my second oldest brother was probably open to it, but I didn't know that. I knew I knew my third oldest brother was very skeptical. My sisters, we were not a family that talked about this sort of thing. Okay, um, I'm the one who actually broke it all open and, and started getting him to say, you know what? Yeah, we, some of you have had on, you know, unexplained experiences, and you're not talking about them, and I want to know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So while you were kind of having this, I, I guess you could say like attention because of your beliefs at the time, and then you're having these weird strange paranormal experiences i mean how do you know you weren't just hallucinating or or it was just a dream like what like what convinced you to say okay this is not a dream you know what i'm saying right well i mean the first time it happened you know i remember i was lying there in bed and um i hadn't done the exercises you know i I had been doing them i just laid down to relax in the middle of the day felt the vibratory state the vibrations sure and that's when, you know, you relax and suddenly you start feeling electricity, kind of. And it pulled me right out of my body. <laughs> uh, and I flung across the room, cr- across the hallway and into the bathroom, grabbed the sink. And I'm looking in the mirror. I'm not there. I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm doing it. And so I was thrilled. And I knew it was real. And then I popped back. You know, I got pulled back in. Uh, because I think I had a, a lot of emotion. I mean, that, that was actually the second time. The first time I popped out, I thought I had died. I, <laughs> I went, oh my god! <laughs> I jumped back in, and I thought, did this just happen? And I got really like, wow. And the second time, I'm like, hmm, what is going on here? This seems to be working. And yeah, immediately I became obsessed with trying to like move things around, get proof. I wanted proof that this was not a dream. And that wasn't, you know, as easy to do as I thought it would be. I, I mean, I'd pop out of my body and there'd be little differences. My room was slightly larger. There was like a table in there that I didn't own. Um, you know, things were like a different color. So there was these little weird variances that had me scratching my head. But finally, you know, it took me a year, I'm going to say, of just exploring around and I'd start, I'd had maybe 30 seconds out of my body in the beginning. Then I moved it up to a minute, then two minutes. <laughs> that, took, that took a year or two. And that's, that's when I finally like flying around my house. And I, I thought, you know, I'm going to go fly under the bridge. <laughs> and, and I did. And I, and I saw something I couldn't believe. I saw, you know, I have a, back when I lived in the condominium, there was a cement river not too far from my house. 
and I, I flew there and I flew under the bridge and I, and I saw the cement river had green grass in it. And I thought, well, that's impossible. You know, I can't see this from my house. I can't see it from the road. I'm going to have to go here and see if this is real because I am looking at, you know, Coke cans on this sort of grassy knoll inside a cement river, which shouldn't be all, all, all this trash. And so I went back to my body, got up and drove there. And that's when I knew for sure, hands down, this was real because there it was. I mean, the, it is the, the strangest thing to see something out of body and then go there and see it in real life. Something that you know that you haven't seen before. Yeah, so that was something that was verifiable for you, you know, and, and I think that was such a powerful, when I read that in your book, I'm like, dude, that's that's dope because it's like a lot of us, like even for yourself, when I would read some of your, your out-of-body experiences and some of them were similar to mine and sometimes I would have these out-of-body experiences that I'd be in places that honestly, I don't even know where I am. I don't know how to describe them, to be honest, and then but those kinds of stories don't really help skeptics, <laughs> you know, because it's kind of like really out there. And so what I've noticed is that it's it's the ones that are like within this world, so to speak, you know, in this physical world where we share the details that we wouldn't have known unless we were out of body and able to verify them. Those I, I know those stories are, I guess you could call them anecdotal evidence to help convince skeptics. And so that was something that was very powerful for you because now you know, oh, this is a legit thing. You're not just making this stuff up, right? Right. I mean, I tried to touch people sure. <laughs> and get them, to get them to notice my presence. I, and you know, I, I went through all of that and was never able. And I know other people have done that, you know, have appeared as apparitions. It's not uncommon. I was never able to do that um, for whatever reason. I could never move an object. Other people have done that as well. <laughs> uh, uh, but no, I couldn't do it. I haven't. You know, I'm still trying, actually. I got to say, though, you know, honestly, your book was pretty fun to read. I remember just reading your stories. They're, they're hilarious, to be honest, like the ones where you're in the store eating a bunch of snacks, you know. So it's like you're going crazy all over the place. So I, I thought that was really funny. You know, just talking about like, you know, the difference between your dreams and then you have these out-of-body experiences, you notice that there's like a different texture to it. And plus, there's verifiable evidence, right? Some information that you can confirm but for our audience like what would be the difference between lucid dreaming and astral projection because some people think it's the same thing what's your opinion on that yeah it's a fine line i i'm sure of that because uh, there's been experiences where i couldn't tell i mean i honestly could not tell whether this was a lucid dream or not um, but in my opinion they are different and i think most researchers and people who do this agree that there's a difference there um but they're kissing cousins for, for sure. For me, a lucid dream is the reality you're perceiving is internally projected. You know, it's, it's something, it's a dream, but you're awake in it. Right, you're aware, or, yeah. Right, and, and the images you're seeing, you know, that's not your mother. <laughs> you know, that's not, that's not your family members or, wh or whatever. This is not a real environment in the sense that we think of as real. Which is kind of a, a misnomer because as you do this, you'll realize that, well, the environment is actually composed of perception. Start yeah, it's that responsive as well, right? Right. So for an out-of-body experience, the environment, I think, is perceived as real and can be independently perceived by other people who are, say, also out-of-body perhaps or ghosts. It's 
maybe a consensus reality or maybe a reality that is you know formed from mental projections ultimately but the entire world is so it's kind of a contradiction of terms to say that so yeah i mean it's hard yeah i know i know what you're trying to say yeah yeah for sure but there is some sort of like objectivity to it where it's like Hey, Preston, meet me over there in the astral. And it's like, an, it's a it's a location that could, that is kind of weird, right? Because it is created by thoughts as well. <laughs> right. You know, so I, I, get, I get what you're saying. I've had lucid dreams where I'm like, okay, I'm having a lucid dream. You know, is this an out-of-body experience? And there's techniques you can do. You can spin. And this this will erase, erase illusion. Or you can like walk through the wall. And I've done that. And I pop out my bedroom. I'm like, okay, well, here we are. <laughs> All right, so you know, I'm sure a lot of people just listening to this, they find what you're sharing like to be fascinating and exciting. So, I mean, what what is one method on how to actual project from a lucid dream? Right. Um, I'm going to say probably the best method is to walk through some sort of wall, or door, or window, and you know, not an open one, kind of like just a portal. A, yeah, there's something about it. I don't know. I picked this method up from Patricia Garfield, and uh, she says, you know, try this if you're stuck in a lucid dream. And darned if it doesn't work, you know, I'll, what often will happen is I'll be like, I'll pop out of body and I'm looking around. I'm like, well, I don't recognize this environment. You know, this is not my bedroom. I mean, I'm in like, gosh, is this a hotel room? Where am I? And I'll push through the wall and I'll pop out, say, in what I would call the heavenly realms or in my bedroom or floating above the house or you know, outside my house or um, often it was really weird. My, I would become lucid, I would become aware in my dad's backyard, which is where I had my first out-of-body experience, and it seemed to be like this weird anchor point. Right, you I had several, right? Yeah, I would wander around, and that's where I would become aware. It was very strange. Yeah, yeah I, I could relate to that, because it's where even in my dreams and in my astral projections, I would always be like at a particular place, you know, I'm like, Oh, why am I always here? <laughs> you know, so I, I'm still wondering why, to be honest, but you know, based on what you're sharing though, is this something that's easy to do? Because for you, you said it only took you what, three weeks? Yeah, I'm convinced it's absolutely a God given talent, you know, some, a natural human ability, something we all have and all do every night. I, I think Everyone is actually doing this. They're just not aware of it. And that they're having conscious out-of-body experiences, but they've compartmentalized their consciousness so that when they wake up, it's just dreams. They don't remember it at all. But, you know, I'm out of body, and there's my brother, and he's aware. <laughs> and I'm right, like, right. Steven, you know, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you're out of body. <laughs> he's like, I, I am? <laughs> like, well, yeah, you are. Yeah, so so basically what you're saying is because I know a lot of people who are interested in this subject, you know, a lot of people would say, oh, I've never I've never had an out of body or I've never projected. But in reality, based upon what you're saying is that everybody does, but they're just not necessarily aware of it every night. So everybody does it, but they just forget it, so to speak. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, when you have flying dreams, when you have a dream about a visitation from a deceased loved one. These are probably memories of out-of-body experiences. But for most people, no, they're kind of stuck on this lower level of dreaming where they dream about their hopes and desires, you know, and they're purging their issues, their emotional suppressions. So they don't get to the point where they're aware of what's going on. They're not remembering it. It's all about memory. And it's super easy to do. There's easy techniques. Anyone can do it. It's really just a matter of 
I mean, to do it consciously from, from the physical state to the out-of-body state is a simple matter of relaxing, relaxing physically, then mentally, and then doing visualizations and affirmations. Yeah, we'll eventually get into that. And like some of the techniques you've mentioned in your book later on in the interview. But what I would like to talk about first before getting into all the techniques, just to kind of ease the <laughs> the fear for some people, because I know like when I read some stuff online of people who want to project and then they would try the techniques, uh, they would actually start to freak out, you know, because they'd be like, oh, my gosh, I started, you know, feeling these vibrations. And, you know, they, they started feeling all this tingling. I mean, you mentioned earlier that you experienced something called a vibrational state, right? It's kind of, you feel like you're being electrocuted. Now, for some people, that sounds scary, right? So, I mean, what are the sensations that you can, that someone can experience while they're about to project? And what, how can you ease their fears? Right. Um, fear is, I think, the number one barrier to doing this. Fear and skepticism. Laziness is definitely another. <laughs> um, people don't think they can do it. People are scared to do it. And I'm telling you, I looked into, you know, the so-called dangers and I didn't find a lot of evidence of it. I found more benefits than dangers. Yes, it's scary, but uh, I have not found any sort of uh, super dangerous things doing, doing I mean, you're not going to get locked out of your body. <laughs> You've got a silver cord that will draw you back. You won't get lost. You're not going to get possessed. There's spirit guides who guide you when you're doing this. Uh, it's quite easy to do. I remember Robert Monroe talked about these, the vibratory state. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, do people feel pain when you feel that, vib that vibrational state of, you know, if you're describing it as being electrocuted, that doesn't seem very, <laughs> you know, exciting. So, I mean, is it painful for you? I wouldn't call it pain, but it's not comfortable. Um, Robert Monroe's like, oh, it's a, vibra a vibration. I'm like, well, God, you know, this is, I am being electrocuted. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, honestly, I honestly thought, Joshua, that I had stuck my, I was sleeping in my bed and I thought that I'd stuck my finger in, in the electrical socket. socket. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I know what you mean, for sure, and yeah. It just, the vibration got so strong that it just popped me out and it was a, definitely a little uncomfortable the first time. But, you know, I got to the point where I skipped that. You know, you, these are exit distractions. You don't need them. Uh, but you probably will experience a number of sensations if you do this and you want to get to that vibratory state, but you might feel, say, uh, heaviness or, or lightness, numbness, tingling, uh, vertigo. That's something I've felt a number of times, a choking sensation, ex excessive thirst, all kinds of weird sensations might happen in the beginning as you're going out. But as soon as you pop out, they're all gone. They fade away. So I think that's just what scares people initially is like, well, you know, I just want to go out of my body. What's all this stuff? You know, so if there's all these vibrations and heaviness, I mean, that it's just not familiar. So as you were saying, it, it's it could be scary, but it's not necessarily dangerous, but it's only scary just because we a lot of people don't understand. Right. Which is why, you know, I think you reading Robert Monroe's book kind of gave you a perspective of kind of things to expect and. Like even for myself, when I started having OBEs, like I, I didn't have any fear at all when I started having them regularly because I'm like, oh, I read about this, <laughs> you know, but if I if I didn't hear about it, I would be like, what's going on, <laughs> you know, especially if I'm feeling these weird things on my body. So I'm glad, you know, I, I hope what you're sharing is able to, you know, ease people's minds just like just to chill and just to relax that that stuff can happen, especially in the beginning. 
and how you're able to clear up that common fear of you know people do think that you can get stuck out of your body and just like never come back but you were mentioning that there's a silver cord right when you did pop out of your body though i mean how did it feel to see yourself in bed or or even your reflection in the mirror i mean doesn't doesn't that freak you out though oh yeah yeah it was really heavy duty the first time i'm like well this is not good news what was i thinking i'm lying in bed i must have died you know i must have because i'm standing here so and I was really scared, but I got over the fear barrier pretty much instantly for whatever reason. I became, I had another problem, and that was excitement. <laughs> and, and this is, you know, not unique. A lot of people have this. I would get so excited, so emotional. I'm like, I did it. <laughs> and I get sucked right back in. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> funny. So fin- yeah, finally I stopped. I was able to get out and be like, oh, you know, just breathe. Well, you don't breathe there. That's another thing I noticed that was really disconcerting. I'm like, hey, I'm not breathing. <laughs> but, but, uh, but you kind of just relax and you're like, well, okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm out of body. I'm out of body. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> and that's, that, that's what I loved about hearing, you know, even some of your interviews. I honestly, like, I loved your excitement because that, that's like me. Like when I first have started having my OBEs, I'll be like, oh my gosh, like I'm out, you know. <laughs> and then I start like trying to touch the walls and fly. And because I've interviewed a lot of people about their OBEs, but I loved, honestly, I loved your excitement because it's very similar to how I would feel every time I would come out of my body. And then all of a sudden I go back to my body because I would just get so overwhelmed with just like, oh my gosh, let's try this, you know. And so, I was just able to relate, you know, but what was your, your vision like during these OBEs? Is it something that you see blurry or is it clear? Like what, what's it like to see when you're out of body? Oh, it's so interesting because I mean, you pop out and, you know, I want to say it's more vivid, but initially it, it wasn't, you know, I had, it was like seeing through water or I had to kind of relearn a little bit. I don't know how to describe it. I had a problem where I could only see through one eye for a while. <laughs> yeah, I remember Almost, that story. Which, which was so weird, and I <laughs> still don't get it. But I kind of reached a point where it became not only more vivid, I mean way more vivid. And your sight, I'm slightly nearsighted. I'm, I'm not out of body. No, I can see a mile away. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you, and you can get, gosh, 360 degree vision uh, that's you, a trip, yeah. you can do these tricks and and looking at the color red oh my god <laughs> or, or, you know or green any color oh i totally you, get it yeah yeah totally get you it. know yeah you, you it's start, like your, your you senses to, are heightened yeah yeah you start to realize like wait a second i've never seen red before <laughs> this is what this is what the color red really looks like there's a depth to it there's an electric quality the colors that we're not getting here no, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's exciting. So yeah, I mean, that, that's something that I was able to relate to as well. So it's like, in my first OBE that I had like long time ago, it was very gloomy for me. Like it was, it's as if like the lights were dim in the room, you know, and then over time, just like you, I, I learned those techniques about like, you know, just saying clarity now or awareness and then boom, it's just super clear, you know, so I was, I was glad you shared those techniques in your book. But you know, a lot of people do think that OBEs are, are purely like non-physical because we're energy and, you know, quote unquote, spiritual beings. So everything is non-physical. But yet, you know, were your, were your astral experiences uh, physical or non-physical or both? Um, you know, I think both terms are kind of a misnomer because the way sure. I look at the world is, you know, everything's physical in a way and everything's <laughs> energetic. For sure. 
there's sort of a, a gradation of yeah. Uh, so we're we're down here in the physical world and we're thinking, well, everything's solid and physical. When physics, you know, we know it's not. We know it, actually everything's just vibrate, vibrating energy. At a subatomic to, level, to, yeah. Yeah, to math and physics. We know most of what we're looking is not even really solid. It's yeah, mostly yeah. space. And when, when you go out of body, you're like, oh, okay, and you get a demonstration of it. And in, when you're out of body, you're able to permeate physical objects but not always. You know, there's been times I'm flying along and I, bam, hit a wall and I can't get through it. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember reading that. And it was pretty funny. <laughs> you know, that, that's why I was able to relate to a lot of your book because, you know, when I when I go online and I kind of read some of the forums and, you know, Facebook groups, it's like people think of spirituality is just always purely everything's just non-physical. I know it's like a misnomer, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, everyone can always go through walls and et cetera. It's like, but in my experiences, just like you, I've had both experiences where I was able to like go through ceilings and walk through walls. But yet at the same time, um, there was a time I couldn't even go through the wall. And I was like, huh, what the hell, you know? And then, but at the same time, I was also able to physically touch a person. So I've had, I was able to have, you know, those experiences as well. But what is the difference in your opinion between the physical world and if your astral experiences are also physical what's the difference between the two then i can't quite figure it out you know i think that there is you know you pop out of your body and you're looking at the world and, and is this the same world you know i'm, I'm not entirely convinced it is because there are slight differences the world is once you pop out of into the asteroid you're looking at i think at perhaps an astral copy sure like a replicate or something yeah yeah everything's very glowy there's a, a little minor white glow around everything. I think it's the physical world, but, you know, it, it's, it's very hard to describe. But it's very similar. Right. And you can go to the heavenly realm. Say you, you pop out of your body and you're drawn pretty quickly through barriers to the other side. And there's levels above that, you know, going up to higher and higher levels. And it's so real. It, lo- it feels physical. There are places you can go where you can eat food, you know. Yeah. You can have, <laughs> I you love can have those sex. stories you shared. Yeah, I heard those stories too. So, yeah, there's nothing you can't do. That I mean, it feels absolutely physical when you're out of body sometimes. And I think this is a problem why a lot of people aren't waking up because they're out there, you know, out of body, having their dreams, never even thinking that they're out of body because it seems so real. It is real. It's more real than it is here. So. Yeah, it can absolutely feel entirely physical when you're out of body. I mean, what are your thoughts regarding the idea that everything in the physical world has its origins in the astral world? Have you heard that? Yeah. And so, I, and what's I your thoughts? That, uh, I agree with it, and I think that we say, "Oh, we're, I'm, you know, I'm doing astral projection." I'm like, "Well, no, you're not really. What you're doing is you're returning." Because <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a nice way to look at it. Yeah. You know, I mean, because. Your real body, where you really live, is on the other side. You're projecting down to your physical body. Uh, so that's the projection. <laughs> it's not the other way around. The, the real world is the other side. It's a su- superior world. You know, It's much more beautiful. It lasts a lot longer. You can do so much more. It's a lot larger. Uh, there's more people in it. <laughs> So, I mean, let's talk about that. So, you know, a lot of people who've never had an OBE, they don't realize how, you know, not only can you find answers and do a lot of noble things, but, you know, you did, you did mention a couple of things, but 
you seem like you had a lot of fun. So, I mean, what are some of the fun activities you, you've had in the Astral besides the ones you just mentioned? Like any sports or, you know? Um, well, for me, flying, was flying. The absolute, <laughs> is worth the price of admission. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I started out, okay, I'm going to explore the physical world. That's what I really wanted to do. And I would fly to, you know, my sister-in-law's house or my brother or a friend down in San Diego. I'm flying over the freeway at like 10 miles an hour. I'm like, this is going to take me, you know, hours and I don't have that kind of time. And I would, and I'd rush forward and I'd be there. Boom. <laughs> so, I mean, you could, exploring the physical world was for me the first real fun activity. Um, walking through walls. God, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can do all these kinds of things. Uh, you know, the, the, phys, the astral body is also called the desire body among occultists. And what happens is you'll fi find this out if you ever do this. Uh, when you pop out of body, you are confronted with your suppressions. So if you've got a lot of anger, which apparently I had some, I didn't realize, uh, but or if you're lustful or, or, you know, if you've got a lot of, you know, food issues or what have you um these are going to come into play these are going to have to be something you're going to work through and certainly that was true for me you know i create feasts of food and i and i would just gorge that was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, those are pretty funny stories <laughs> you know you didn't it just kind of piggybacks off of what you just said though because it could reveal to a person like all the stuff that you got to deal with but you did mention that if everyone had conscious obes the world would be transformed. Can you kind of elaborate on that, though? Yeah, I think there's a lot of fear of life after death. And once you do this, that's gone. I mean, maybe not gone, but certainly reduced. And there's a lot of, you know, prejudice. Uh, that goes away real fast because you start to really lose, I don't know how to describe this, you lose a sense of self or identity a little bit. And you become very connected to other people. You feel what they're feeling. You have an overwhelming sense of love and connection to the world and everyone in it. And uh, you, you sort of sense the divine energy uh, in people. And, I mean, wars would stop. They really would. People would become very sharing and loving. And they'd realize that we're actually, you know, this cosmic family with, with access to another world, there's no need for any of the troubles we're going through because uh, there is life after death. You don't have to worry. <laughs> You're going to be fine. And I think people are living their lives not realizing that. Um, they're, they're very panicky and they're concerned about you know, gaining wealth. And you're like, once you go out of body, you're like, well, <laughs> you know, I, don't, I don't really care about that anymore. I really don't. Yeah, yeah, you need money to live, but that's not what is what's important. Yeah, I love that. I love how you you emphasize a lot about how it it could be very transformative and it can ease their fear and reduce it to some degree for some people of just like what happens after some, after you die because that's like the fear of the unknown for a lot of people, right? And and just this whole feeling this connection and this oneness with the rest of humanity, it could change the perception of our day-to-day -day lives of seeing everybody as family, you know? So let's, let's, let's get into the techniques still for now. You know, earlier you were talking about even just visualization and all these types of things, but like what was the most effective technique that you could share to be able to get out of body? Uh, I would say the most effective technique is just really intending to do it. You know, and I know that's kind of a cop-out, but if you want to do this, read the books, 
lay it out, lay it out and focus, meditate on it, ask for it. It's really a process of focusing your intent, your, your attention, and your desire and saying, I am going to do this, and I've decided I'm going to do this, and nothing's going to stop me. And yeah, there are techniques. You do want to physically relax. I think that is where most people fail because they go to bed and they're grinding their teeth. You know, they're clenching their fists. They're tossing and turning. People aren't relaxed even when in the middle of the night. <laughs> and you can always relax more. So what happens is you'll relax, 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 and you start to feel these various sensations of heaviness or lightness or vertigo. And you realize you're getting close. But you can always relax a little bit more. And you want to finally get to that vibratory state, which is, I think, what you're doing is raising your vibration or getting close to that astral barrier, which vibrates at a much higher rate. And that's what you're feeling, is that by the astral realm itself. So the technique really is relaxing, relaxing physically is the main thing, then relaxing mentally. And then for me, the technique that works best is visualizations and affirmations. I will tell myself, I'm going out of body. I'm going out of body. I'm doing this. <laughs> and here I go. Here I go. I'm doing it. And I would visualize. You know, I'd visualize myself on the bow of a ship, a little boat going up and down, up and down. Or I'd visualize myself running down a path or rolling out of bed. You know, I used all the techniques. These are all various techniques I'd read about. Like one was, imagine a rope coming down from the ceiling and pull yourself up. I'm like, well, this is never going to work. You know, this is not going to work. But, but I visualized it and I reached up and darned, I could feel it. I could, I'm like, wow, mine's not a rope. It's a pole. It feels more like a metal pole. And I pulled myself up and I went, pop, and I popped. So right like, up. I guess you're, you're encouraging people with their visualization, like to have some sense of motion or movement, right? Yeah. Anything that involves movement or uh, if you can visualize a place very vividly, you're your room, preferably somewhere you are not already at, or a person, a deceased loved one. If you can visualize them and just call to them, I call that the love bridge. That will take you right out. But the number one technique is something you do during the day. Um, and it's kind of like, well, dream work is also a very good way of doing this, just working on your dreams. But if you're able to each day, you know, every hour, once every hour, ask yourself, am I out of body right now? And test reality. And how you test reality is you try to fly or you, you try to stick your finger through a solid object uh, like the floor or the, the wall or a desk or a table. Or, you know, look around for anomalies, things that are not right, that are disobeying the laws of physics. Uh, do this every hour. And what's going to happen is you'll be at work one day sitting at your desk or whatever you do during the day. And you'll be like, oh, you know, fine, I'm going to do the out-of-body test. And you're going to put your finger down through your desk and it's going to slide right through. Or you're going to try to, you know, throw something up and see if it floats. And you're going to get the biggest shock of your life. Because what will happen is you'll be suddenly flying in the air. Your office will fade away. Everything's gone and you're actually in your bedroom and you're out of body. So you're kind of, yeah, you're just telling people like in their awake state so to speak, at least here, you're just encouraging them. It's kind of like hypnosis or just an, an awareness to be as aware as possible all the time. Am I dreaming, you know, and just looking for inconsistencies yeah. or weird stuff that doesn't make sense. And then when they go to sleep to kind of carry that way of thinking to just question reality and then boom, right? Exactly. 
as long as you keep track of where you are, what you're doing at all times, and test your reality state, you will do this at night. And boy, it works well. I mean, in your opinion, does it matter what position your physical body is in? Because in the books that I've read, they always say, you know, get to sleep like this, put your hands on your side, sleep on your, lie on your back. What's your thoughts about that? Uh, No, it doesn't matter. Um, And it really, you know, I tried it. I tried every position. I'm going (laughs) north-south because that's what they said. I moved my bed. didn't make a difference, you know. What I did find is there, you know, for me, lying on my side works well because, that's I can relax well, and that's how I started doing it. So what happens is you can get into sort of a, a pattern. This is the way you do it, but you can do it in a chair. You can do. There are people who can do this while awake, walking around. Uh, I haven't gotten to that, but um, you can do it standing up. You can do it sitting down. You can do it lying down, lying on your stomach. Does, no, the position doesn't matter. I think ideally. It is easiest lying in bed right, right. where you're most comfortable. But I do love it on how you were kind of just encouraging people that there, there's no limitations to this, you know. So maybe some people, yeah, they develop that pattern, so to speak, when, oh, it's always on my back or, you know, it tends to work. So cool. You know, but I like on how we're not limited to those things because, you know, even just for myself uh, a few days ago, you know, and I've, I had an OBE where it was just very different from the stuff that I would read where they, they kind of encourage just your hands on your side and don't have your blanket on you. But I purposely put the blanket on me. Actually, I put the blanket over my face. And then next thing you know, I started to see through the blanket. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, I'm out of body. And, you know, and so for me, just like you, it's like I, I just kind of wanted to challenge those, um, you know, just some of the books that were out there saying this is the way that you got to do it and just show that there's many ways that you can do it. But as you were saying, I guess some people do have success on like certain positions better than others. But um once you are out of body, though, you know, I've heard you say that, you know, it took you a while to kind of prolong them, right? So what are some tips on how to stay out, you know, stay out of body longer? Because someone could have it and then like, boom, they just pop right back in their body, like after a couple seconds. Yeah, and that'll probably happen. Uh, certainly happened to me. Uh, it's very difficult to stay out of body. So don't worry about getting lost or, you know, not getting be able to get back. Because um, good luck if you can stay out more than a few seconds as a beginner, uh, for me, I mean, you, you want to get far away from your body because there's a magnetic draw that pulls you right back in if you stay too close. I experimented extensively with that recently where I'd be walking around my bed and, you know, out of body and I could feel this magnetic pull. Um, so, so that's definitely important to get at least, you know, 10 feet, 20 feet away, get out of your bedroom. And, you know, you've got to learn how to see, you got to learn how to move. These are all things that you just have to buckle down and do it the dirty way, um, which is, you know, trial and error. And as far as staying awake, uh, there are a few, few things you can do because it's easy to slip back into a dream shift, for that yeah. matter. So you, you want to keep a running commentary and say, you know what? I'm out of body. Don't forget <laughs> it. I'm out of body. I'm out of body. I would sometimes say, I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming, even though I knew I wasn't. Uh, but, but anything that keeps your awareness focused because it's kind of like walking a tightrope. And uh, what you can do is you may start to lose your vision. Focus on the brightest spot in the room, and that can bring everything back. If you're starting to feel yourself falling you know, out of it, you can spin like Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that works. Um, go, you know, the, the more you have an intent, a plan, that works really well to keep you out of body. 
So you'll pop out of body and your natural tendency, I think, is to slide back in. But if you say, I'm going to go to heaven, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go, I want to go t- learn about my past lives. I, you know, I, I read about the Akashic plane. I want to go there. And, and these sort of things, that works wonders. Nice. So just like keep yourself busy and also have some sort of plan, right. not thinking about your body. Right. And uh, William Buhlman, he, he gave great techniques, start shouting out, click clarity now. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I read that, I'm like, all right, I'll give it. Boy, that worked. Yeah, it, it, could, it worked too for me. I, I could see a lot better. <laughs> um, my awareness went up. Um, that was another thing. Raise awareness, raise awareness, raise awareness. And uh, yeah, know, there's that a lot. worked well. Yeah. So, I mean, someone has, let's just say someone has an amazing out-of-body experience. It's just boom, mind-blowing, you know what I'm saying? And then they come back to their body and then they forget it. <laughs> so, so what are, you have any tips for people on how to remember them better? Whether yeah. dreams or astral travels? Yeah, that's a real problem, by the way. Um, I'm going to say I probably lost 25% or more of what I've you know, been able to do because you forget very easily. And, uh, the technique I've found is something I do every morning is when you wake up, don't move. Don't move a muscle <laughs> and and sink back into the dream state. Relax as much as you can and, and start running through your mind. Where was I? What was I just doing? I know I was somewhere. Where was I? And just think back and allow yourself to just imagine and wander back a little bit and if you don't move, it's much easier because the second you roll over, well, it's almost like you severed that connection. Yeah, good, good tip. Yeah, it works pretty well, and uh, that's that, that's my main technique. Keep a dream book, you know, a diary next to you. It's fu- it's funny. You'll wake up in the middle of the night and you'll write stuff down. You wake up the next morning and not even having remembered done doing that, <laughs> you've got this big page of scribbled writing you can't read you're like well i think i did it but <laughs> don't remember <laughs> right right so as you were mentioning um in the beginning of the interview it's like you're you know the passing of your mother was kind of the the catalyst i guess you could say of you being open to this whole world of paranormal and out-of-body experiences and in the book you talk about how there were actually several times when you called out to your mom but just like nothing was happening you know but were you able to find your mom eventually while you were out of body yeah, it was absolutely the whole reason I got into this, because uh, I was a mama's boy. I loved <laughs> her oh. like like nobody, hmm. and I was just devastated, and I really wanted to see her. And she wouldn't come and visit me, but it was always on her terms. And I'd pop out of my body and be like, Mom, Mom, <laughs> Mom, 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 Mom. And she, you know, sometimes she'd come, and it was amazing, the, wow. you know, that sense of reunion but 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 i got to a point where i was able to you know start exploring the other side because your first tendency is to prove that this is real you know and you want to try and move objects you want people to see you and you're but at some point you go to the other side to what i call the heavenly realms uh even though I'm, you know i'm not religious but that's where i would find her and i would visit her regularly and it was, and I still do. Hmm. As does my whole family, though they're what Marilyn Hughes calls subconscious astral. They're there. They're do, they're doing it, but they're not bringing it back. Hmm. But yeah, no, that's, I've that's cool. Hundreds of times, I love her so much, and man, yeah, that's beautiful, man. Um, it is, 
if you, it's, this is why people should do it because you will never have to go through the loss of a loved one ever again. And that's huge, you know, and that's such a huge thing to think about, right? I mean, it's like we think death is that, that's it, you know, but life continues where you're still able to connect and granted you know may not you may not see them every day physically you know in front of you but it's like you could still connect and i think that's what i loved about your story I had that you know you talked about the fun you know and the awesome adventures and yet there was this aspect of you it's just like what started it, it all and then you having that journey of like having a hard time seeing her and then you just kept trying and trying and calling out for her i was like dude you know i hope he sees his mom <laughs> you know so I'll, I'll leave the readers you know you got to check out his book you know what i'm saying so you know like you, you get to read how the reunion went and it was so it was beautiful I, I i loved it i was even sharing it to my wife as i was reading your book in addition to those wonderful things of reunions with with those who have passed over you know like you even talk about healing and that's that's a huge thing for a lot of people are, what what cases can you talk about of people with any connection to OBEs, or do you have any stories that you could share about yourself in regards to healing and out of body experiences? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a big part of this whole experience. It's a very healing experience, um, not only spiritually but actually physically. And what I've done is actually collected a half dozen or more accounts of people who've been healed of various injuries, illnesses, and diseases. Whether it's you know Robert Monroe who had a I believe it was a hip problem, or Bruce Moan, who had chronic liver disease, cured himself. Um, I had rheumatoid arthritis and uh, was able to get some healing of that. Um, I remember the first time I just was requested a healing, and I, my hands were pulled up and put into this kind of vibratory, energetic molasses, it felt like. <laughs> but another time, I'm like, how can I? You know, I saw what I perceived to be an enlightened person on the other side and I run up to them I'm like how can I heal myself and they always give you these little riddles <laughs> you know they won't they won't hand you the answer she's like well you must climb it climb into your crown and I'm like what <laughs> what does that mean you know which is basically saying I think igniting your chakras yeah, yeah, chakra, up to yeah. your crown chakra but more recently you know I did this this is not in the book I uh because I'd read about healing temples I'm like, wow, that I got to try. <laughs> Anything I read about, I'm like, I'm doing it. <laughs> right? I love it. I yeah. want to see if this is real. So uh, I popped out of my body once and I'm above my house and I'm like 50 feet up and it's beautiful. I'm thinking, what, what? There was something I wanted to do. I can't think of it. What is it? What is it? Ah, the healing temple. Yes. And so how I do it is I like just give the command. And the more forceful and more emotion you can give to it, the more effective it is. I'm assuming I have spirit guides that are helping me do this. I don't usually see them, but it's my understanding that we all have these people around us who guide us. Uh, I didn't see anyone this time, and I usually don't, but uh, I was pulled up in a kind of a spiraling manner way up into the sky and hit the, what I call the barrier between the worlds, and it's just kind of a vibratory rate where you slap into something and then boom you're in a higher realm uh, uh it's not really visual so much as you can feel it and suddenly i'm coming you know i'm in the higher realms and you, in, you can instantly tell because the air sparkles it's gorgeous it's beautiful it's a pastoral area lots of nature and i'm looking looking down on this building a domed building i'm thinking wow that's pretty small <laughs> 
And as I get closer and closer to it, I realize, no, it's huge. It's about the size of a gymnasium. It's big. It's this big, like, bl- black stone dome or gray. And I fly, fly through the ceiling and I land in the center of it. And it's so interesting because the floor is made up these grid, grid work, like this metallic, like a waffle iron <laughs> or something. Or, or like the top of an apple pie. You know how it's braided? And uh, one side of these bars are moving one way and the other are moving another way. And I'm instructed to lie down on it while these things start vibrating back and forth and sending up this incredible energy. And I look up and I see the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, which is this, uh, you know, words always fail me when I try to describe the astral plane. But uh, it was these (laughs) uh, metallic... It looked metal, like a metal filigree, I guess is the word. There's this sort of metal work you can see on iron, wrought iron fences that's really beautiful. It's all twisty and really designed well. It was like that, but super fine, super exquisite, just the most beautiful designs I have ever seen. And they were layered so that this divine light was shining through them and sparkling down on you. And they were kind of shifting back and forth. And I'm not describing them as well, as beautiful as they were. But I can tell you, boy, they were so pretty. It was so pretty, I couldn't take it. I'm like, oh, my God, that's too beautiful. Ah. <laughs> and basically, I had to leave. I couldn't. It was too beautiful for me. That's awesome. Yeah, so I mean, you're talking about like you met a highly evolved entity and you're going to these higher realms. So I mean, have you had an experience of, you know, what people would consider, quote unquote, God or your higher self? Yeah, that was a big thing. You know, I would call out, I want to see my higher self. <laughs> I want to see God. You know, I want to see meet an enlightened master. And I was successful on all counts. Uh, what was know, it like? Amazing. I mean, in terms of like meeting your higher self. It was always surprising, and I would have, I mean, once I was taken to my, a room, and it was my brother and sister. I'm like, what? I mean, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> and another time it was a, a person. I'm like, are you my, I mean, this is weird. So there's these w- weird things will happen. Um, sometimes it'll be a, an enlightened master. Um, you know, I said, I want to meet an enlightened master. And this beautiful woman appeared. She's like, all right. She grabbed my arm. You know, on my elbow and my armpit, and she says, keep your eyes open. She said it out loud. Usually it's telepathy, but she spoke out loud. And I'm like, okay. And she grabs me, pulls me from my balcony straight up. This isn't in the book. This is a new one. And uh, deposits me in this field. And there's this man <laughs> floating on a chair, a wooden chair, maybe a couple of inches off the ground. And I rush up to him, and he's radiating intelligence and wisdom and enlightenment. And I'm just overcome with humility. And I'm like bowing to him. I'm like, oh, (laughs) I love you. And what's your message? And he says, when, and he spoke very clearly so I would understand it and remember it. He says, when you do something, do it absolutely. And I'm like, what? (laughs) What does that mean? And he tumbled me back, pushed me through a tunnel, and I went through a bunch of tunnels, you know, a la near-death experience. That happens quite a bit, and pulled back into my body, and uh, thought it was a really interesting message. And I kind of looked it up because it was phrased so strangely. 
And uh, what I found is when you do something, ab- do it absolutely. What he's saying is absolutely in the dictionary means completely without attachment, without expectation. It was just a really good way to approach all things in life, you know, is with detachment, which is a huge spiritual, you know, guidance rule. That's definitely something you hear from all the spiritual masters. Be detached. Um, don't get too connected to these things and you'll emotionally tear yourself up. So, yeah, I mean. That's awesome. One, one time I called up for God, you know, God himself. Yeah. yeah. I God, and this bolt struck me and pulled me so hard right through the ceiling that it knocked me unconscious. And next thing I know, I'm coming back and I am feeling like Moses. (laughs) (laughs) I am just vibrating. I am happier than I think I've ever been. And I, I woke up and I felt like I could fly. I should have tried. (laughs) I probably could have levitated. Um, I felt so, I didn't remember, but I did on some level. I did remember because I could feel it in every cell of my body. That's awesome. I mean, have you also had an experience of like your past lives? Oh, yes. That was a huge thing because this is something I think every out-of-body traveler does at some point. They'll rescue lost souls. Yeah, yeah. Soul retrieval. Yeah, or they'll explore their past lives because this is a heavy influence on our current lives. I mean, I'm all about shipwrecks, you know, and I'm like, what is going on? You know, I'm obsessed with shipwrecks. This is really weird because I'm, you know, I have no experience with that. I have, I have all these, you know, obsessed with uh, Native Americans and and all these different things. And as all people are, they have their likes, their dislikes. These are past lives, past life influences. And so I pop out of body and I'd be like, take me to a past life. And, and what I found was almost always you're taken to the emotional, the peak emotional experience in that life. Uh, which is whatever emotion you're still carrying or holding on to. And often that'll involve the death scene <laughs> um, where you died. Uh, so, I mean, I've experienced, you know, dying in a, a number of times. But, I, I mean, one time I, I was a Native American and the scene I was taken to was I was a little boy on a Native American vision quest. And... We had to do all these things, these tasks. We had to track our guide, our, uh, you know, the guy who was guiding us, our teacher. We had to track him through the wilderness. We had to uh, climb a cliff while carrying stones and do these various tasks. And I will, oh, I will never forget that guy, that my Indian teacher guide, because I love him. And I went back and I met him again. But there was another time I, I was raped and murdered. I'm like, oh. I don't want to experience this, and I and, and I got out. Wow. Yeah, I died on a shipwreck once, um, in the Holocaust, uh, back in Civil War slave times. I was a slave, apparently, uh, and escaped from that. And that was a hugely emotional thing. So yeah, it's really wonderful to do, but a warning there is it can be very emotional. Sure. So I mean, with all these experiences, that could be very. Uh just emotional to you know to even think about or experience i mean what are are there any side effects to doing you know this whole out-of-body travel you know whether positive or negative yeah there are side effects i couldn't find any real negative ones at all other than you embarrass yourself because you're obsessed with this (laughs) and you want to talk about it (laughs) 
right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I go to work. I'm like, you'll never guess where I was last night. I went to heaven. <laughs> they look at you like, what? <laughs> but, but I'm going to tell them anyway. I love it, yeah. So, so, I mean, that is a real problem. You get homesick. You know, this is probably the most de- deleterious effect. But otherwise, no, you come back, your the effects, oh, God, they're great. You have more, more energy. You have a reduced fear of life after death or death itself. You hit the best one. Oh, my gosh. It wakens you up psychically in a way that is so much fun. <laughs> um, almost every time I would have an out-of-body experience, I would have a dream memory, which was a precognitive so I'd come back and I'd be like writing down my out-of-body experiences and a couple of dreams that I had on either side of it, and they would come true. And to see your dream come true in front of you is mind-blowing, and it makes you realize, wow, you know, here's I'm coming full circle. I'm really more awake when I'm sleeping, and now that I'm awake, I'm walking into a dream. <laughs> so, so it comes full circle, and you have this what I call waking lucidity, and and you can start to have telepathy. You have clairvoyance. You have precognition. You have visions. Um, so it's a wonderful, wonderful side effect. A lot of benefits then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Physically, you can physically heal yourself. It's amazing. So, I mean, with, with all these things that have happened to you, I mean, it's a, it seems like a lot, you know, especially just after all these years of, of experiencing and exploring. I mean, and then you described your family as very... I mean, they just didn't believe in this stuff. So how, how have your friends and family reacted to you getting into all this stuff? Um, well, they're very friendly. You know, they love me. <laughs> <laughs> Despite, um, <laughs> I mean, are, are they on board or, or this is not something that, they're, that they still don't believe? Uh, I, my brother thought I was out of, you know, crazy. <laughs> and, I was, and I was never able to prove it to any of to a point where they, like, they totally believe me, except for a couple of them. You know, my okay. brother Marco, I'm like, do this. You've got to do this. And he finally did it. You oh, know? nice. Okay. Absolutely had a full on, you know, it's not his thing, but now he knows. And my sister-in-law got pretty good at it for a while. She had a number of experiences. Nice. And uh, you know, I've certainly taught uh, people how to do this, but, you know, I'm not going to preach to my family and <laughs> become, you know... <laughs> obsessed with this trying to make them do it if they don't want to do it but but i tried you know i i would argue with them when i'm out of body because like my brother steven i'm like you're out of body and he's like i don't think i am i'm like no you are you are and you're going to remember this he's like well no i'm not going to remember this i know that i'm like well how can you know that you can't know that (laughs) and and same thing with my sister i'd be like you're going to remember this i'm going to make you remember this and i create a ufo you know, and I'm like, look at that UFO. Do you? And it was a real, I did a good job, mind you. It yeah. was, looked real. And she's like, oh, I should be able to remember that. Nope. Yeah. Did not remember it. So, yeah, it's been a little tough. I'm, they thought I went off the deep end initially, for yeah. sure. Uh, when I'm like, just not talking about anything else but this. But, you know, now they're used to it. They're like, yeah, <laughs> my brother says he goes out of body. And, uh, nice. and you know, when I, tell them a dream that comes true before it happens then they start to perk their ears up like hey how did you know that like well i've been telling you for years this is how you do it 
No, that's all good, dude. You know, it's like, yeah, some people will believe you and some of them don't, but it's cool that your brother and your sister-in-law had those experiences. And I, I just love, I love your excitement, man. I mean, I could chat it up with you all day, dude. So, I mean, like with all the stuff that you just shared, do you have any closing thoughts or advice you want to give to our listeners? Yeah, do it. <laughs> do you it. Know, whether, or not you, whether or not you believe me <laughs> um, makes no difference. You don't have to be a believer to do this. All that takes is the desire. Some people have a steep learning curve. It might take them a few tries, you know, many tries. I've, you know, taught a bunch of people how to do this. Some people have come to my first lecture. They're like, I did it before I even got here. You know, so, <laughs> and, I, and you taught me and, and I haven't nice even though. started. <laughs> nice, nice. So you can do it the first time. That's not unusual. Do it, do it, do it. It's worth just flying alone is worth it. Boy, visiting the Akashic Plane, going up to the higher, higher realms is so beautiful. <laughs> you, you will love it and you will thank me. You will increase your lifespan because you, don't, you, won't, you won't go to sleep at night. You'll go to your doorway and you'll fly out of your body. Yeah. And it's amazing. Yeah. I, I hope people try it. That would be my main message. Awesome. Do it. Awesome. So what, what's next for you? So, I mean, you did write that out-of-body book like a long time ago and I, you're you write a lot of books. So, I mean, are you working on another book about out-of-body specifically? or? Yeah, I absolutely am. I, I, I got really pulled into this UFO thing. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to have um, you on another time about that topic. So, that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, UFOs are a big deal for society. So, I've concentrated a lot on that and on, you know, ghosts and human levitation and Bigfoot and all these paranormal things which are connected. But I am working on a second book. And, for out-of-body experiences, book. yeah. Right. Okay. One which is more generalized and kind of just educates people, but another that's also autobiographical. I'm about halfway through and it's going to tell my experiences. It's going to take off, you know, take on where that one left off. Just pick it up, yeah. So when do you think that second one's going to come out? you have any tentative date or? Probably, you know, a year. Oh, okay. Maybe. For sure, um, yeah. It's gonna, still a little while. I'm about halfway through. And I want to have some more experiences. For sure, yeah, to, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I finally did get to see my silver cord, by the way. Oh, dope. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, that I, took me, I'll wait till I read your book, then I can look forward to hearing about your experience. So. Yeah, it <laughs> took years to do that, but I uh, finally did it. That's <laughs> dope, that's dope. You know, how can my listeners keep in touch with you? What's your website? Yeah, if you Google my name, it should take you there. The actual address is prestondennett.weebly.com. .weebly.com, okay. And cool. uh, all my books are there, excerpts. You can contact me through my website. And always love hearing from people. Awesome. All right. So, you know, you guys just be sure to check out Preston's book, Out of Body Exploring, and his, you know, many other books as well on Amazon.com. And if you find it in your heart to give and you want to help keep the show going, you can support me by going to patreon.com slash joshuatongle. Once again, that's patreon.com slash joshuatongle. And I'd really appreciate the financial help, you guys. And please don't forget to write a review, a review on iTunes. It only takes like two minutes because it really helps people discover the show, which means uh, informing and helping more people. And plus, I love reading them too. And of course, please share this interview with your friends and family. And Preston, thanks for being on the show, man. I really enjoyed your stories and insights. And I just honestly, I just love your passion and your excitement. You know, it's, it's dope, dude. So thanks for being on the show. <laughs> hey thank thank you it's an honor and a delight i had a great time awesome Alrighty, guys once again thanks for listening and i'll catch you guys on the flip side i'm out peace <laughs>